When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The mic is hot. The mic is hot. It's the NBA Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Your gracious and humble host, Rob Bruin, the greatest in the building, T. Rose, a.k.a. Troy Rose, if you slow. There's a lot that's been going on, man. NCAA March Madness. NBA trade deadlines has finally came to an end. So much to just break down and develop. We just got the bell that went off. Andre Drummond is looking like he's going to lock in the deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. That's right, T-Rose dance. Yeah, Dre. <laughs> proud, proud of Dre, man. I, I respect Andre Drummond so much. He did a lot for the city of Detroit, represented for the squad, represented for the city. So I definitely commend him, and I think that this would be a good opportunity for him to possibly get a ring and play alongside some Hall of Fame talent, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, but – you already know these juggernauts over here on the East Coast that represent. Oh, my Brooklyn. God. They're not going to make that easy. Listen, They're so we could jump right easy. into it. We could jump right into it. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. What does LeBron James actually do about that? I think the last one you meant was LaMarcus Aldridge. Andre Drummond's going to the Lakers. But... That's crazy. We got to <laughs> run it back. Damn. Just, you know, I just, I just wanted to fix you. That's all. Nah, but, let me get it right. Let me get it right. Let me get it right. No, it's good. It's it good. Right. Keep it. Keep, keep, keep it live. Keep it live. You live? Players mess up. Players mess up. It's That's okay. True. That's true. We play up. Okay. Right. Right. That's why I'm your gracious host. Co-host. I know I'm your gracious host. That's that's that is correct. I'm your that's gracious correct. host. I'm just I'm just look, I'm living in your world and I'm blessed to be here. But to get into it. Yes. For the Lakers to have a chance, the slightest chance, yes, to beat the Brooklyn Nets, right? First and foremost, you need LeBron and Anthony Davis to be healthy, tip top, one hundred percent. Anthony healthy. Davis, do you hear that? Tip top shape, one zero zero percent healthy. First and foremost, then going into if this matchup happens, you need LeBron and Anthony Davis a piece to average at least 25, 30 a piece. No and that's not that. negotiable. That's not not like I don't we don't we don't we can't afford no 19 point game nope, from LeBron. Do we can't afford any 15 and, and 10 games from AD. We need 25, 30 a night. LeBron James needs at least 10 assists, eight to 10 rebounds. He definitely got to average a triple double. Mm. AD needs a great double-double between 25 to 30 points, 10 to 15 rebounds. That's just the core star group. And then you're going to need guys like Dennis Groder being very prolific off the bench, being able to control the pace of the game, and ultimately being able to score at will. I love the way that he plays off the dribble. And then you're going to need Montrez Harrell to bring that tenacious fight that the Lakers so desperately need, second-chance opportunities. 
playing around the basket, just being aggressive, just being a bulldozer, a bully at times. And then if you implement Andre Drummond, to me, I love the way that he controls the paint still at this point in his career, the way that he allows second chance opportunities on the glass and him just still being able to be a big fella that at times can also put the ball on the floor and make some moves. The bench is going to be key in that matchup because you oh, know what as KD, always, you know what KD, Kyrie, and James going to do. You know what LeBron and AD going to do. But the bench matchup is going to be where the Lakers are going to have to prevail against a team like the Brooklyn Nets. Well said, my brother. And when I look at the entire spectrum of this situation, I know LeBron is an athlete and he wants to compete. But when I'm looking at this entire situation, I really think that LeBron, he needs to stay injured. I don't think that he should come back for the rest of the season. The reason why I'm saying this is because at this point in time in LeBron's career, I personally don't want to see him take any more L's to these juggernaut type teams. That's just how I feel. So, I now, we, so now we running from L's now? I'm not saying we running from L's. I'm saying be smart about it. They're not going to beat the Brooklyn Nets. There's nobody that they can add right now that is going to help them get over the hump. There's no answer for Kyrie. There's no answer for James Harden. There's no answer for Kevin Durant. Blake Griffin, eh. LaMarcus Aldridge, he still can hold his own. But when we look at the full body of work of the Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Alex Caruso, Kuzma has to be big, has to be consistent, which we're not sure we're going to get from him. So if I'm looking at LeBron, if he's not 100%, I'm saying if he feels like he's 80%, I don't even bother to come back. Because when LeBron, if LeBron gets to the finals against the Brooklyn Nets and takes another L, I just don't even want to hear the backlash that that man is going to get. So I'm not saying you run from the L. I say you be smart. If you're not fully healthy, you can't beat this juggernaut. That's just how it's going to play out. If LeBron James, Anthony Davis have the ability to be on the court, they should and be. play the game. They should be there. I agree. Period. Point blank. Because last time I checked, LeBron's biggest message this season mm -hmm. has been his availability and the way mm. he's playing at his level. That's the reason that he's in the conversation for MVP. So that same energy that he's utilizing right now to go hard in the regular season, to push through his injury, to be back for playoffs, we're going to need that same energy going into the playoffs and hopefully if they're able to match up against the Brooklyn Nets in the finals. Because you can't sleep. Last time I checked, Utah Jazz is the number one team in the West. Mm, let's talk about that. Last time I checked, last time I checked, the Phoenix Suns are number two. Great this year. They are. Went all the way from the ninth so, seed all the way to the second seed. Yes, sir. So I, I I'm watching. I love LeBron. I love AD. Drummond got love for him. Scroder, Harold, Kuzma. Uh. But there's still other teams. <laughs> How you do Kuz like that? Why still, you get Kuz? To me, Kuzma, to me, I feel like Kuzma's spending more time on his fit for the game than he is prepping for the game. That's just oh. me. I could be wrong. So, so he likes look, he likes walking into the locker room for that photo shoot. Kuzma thinking about his tunnel shot. He, mm. he ain't thinking about what he need to be doing for the game. I, I did notice that his hair is back blonde now, too. I did peep that. It feels so empty without me. Vibes, man. Like I hear you. But but no, I I definitely think that the Lakers they, they have a strong chance, but you you have to have those key players to be healthy and you also have to respect those other teams that are playing at a high level in the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. They've proven that they're not 
they're not looking to take it easy. They're looking to have their chance. And like you said, a team like Phoenix was hungry last year hungry. in that play-in game. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they, they weren't able to make it into the playoffs, but that energy has transitioned into this season. So now you see them sitting in the number two seed. You see the Utah Jazz quietly repping, and though they don't get the respect that they should, they're still number one. So that's what they need to focus on first. Brooklyn, I would almost say they're pretty comfortable right now. Like we Oh, they're sitting nice. They sitting back with their arms folded, feet and just up, waiting, waiting for eight, waiting for KD to come back as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. They nursing that, waiting 100%. for Kyrie to make sure that he's all the way there mentally, mentally, and physically, yes, mentally. James Harden, All Star level, MVP level. Lakers need to get on that page because it ain't gonna be a cakewalk for them. But when we look at the complete body of work, when we look at LeBron James, I just want to take a moment to assess this. I want you to tell me. If LeBron takes another L for his career in the finals, does that really mess up his body of work? Because when we look at everything that he's done so far, beating a 73 and 9 team in the Golden State Warriors, coming back three to one, then they add KD. And then now he has to deal with this situation in Brooklyn with him getting older. Is it wise for him to continue to exhaust his body with the availability statement? as opposed to knowing that even though he is available, is that the best situation for him? Because I think LeBron possibly could exhaust himself too much. That's going to be a lot of legwork trying to take. LeBron can average close to 35 in the finals, and that still may not be enough. That's a tall order in Brooklyn. And to be honest, I don't know what anyone could do in the NBA at this current moment to take down what Brooklyn has going on out there at the Barclays Center. Well, to answer your question, I don't think that if LeBron loses this finals that it tarnishes or diminishes his legacy because that's already established. He's mm. already won three rings. He's already arguably he got one of four. the best he got players four. that we've – Four, that excuse form, me. He got four. Four, two in Miami, one in Cleveland, mm-hmm. one in the one LA. I stand corrected. Uh-huh. MVP. Mm-hmm. How many, though? Four, right? Okay. Four MVPs. Okay. Four is a good number, by the way. Yeah, I like that. Four, four, four. So I don't think that in any way, shape or form that it messes with his legacy because he's already been proven. And I think one thing we have to respect is though he hasn't won as many as he lost, the appearances in itself holds weight. Impressive. Absolutely. It holds weight. Some people never get there. Some people never get there. Some people get one chance and never see it. it. So so, So the almost for someone who's been in this league for almost 20 years and probably for the last 12 to 13 you've, om- you've almost known waking up that he's started a season that i'll be mm-hmm. in the finals other than the one season with the lakers his first year so i think that his dominance his discipline his leadership and ultimately his accomplishments oversees any of the amount of losses that he's ever taken because just the opportunity of being there and still being one of the greatest basketball players to ever touch the game in no way, shape, or form where that diminishes his legacy. If I'm LeBron, I'd rather add to my legacy with the W than to keep adding to my legacy with the L. Mm. All right, to switch gears, I really do like what you said. When we look at what Utah and Phoenix are doing, their dominance right now in the Western Conference Finals, obviously the more tougher conference than the other in the Eastern Conference. Why aren't we really talking about what Utah is doing, how much Chris Paul has been a difference in Phoenix 
with pushing them from an eighth or ninth seed all into a second seed now, what are we really missing that we really need to pay attention to in terms of Phoenix Suns now and Utah? Well, thinking of Utah, I think we have to pay attention to Donovan Mitchell. That's mm-hmm. a player who plays at an all-star level almost every night, averaging about 26 points a game. And then when you look at Rudy Gobert, he's not as much of a scorer as I would like him to be, but I think his presence around the rim, the way that he can protect the rim, block shots, and play off the screen and roll on the offensive end with guys like Donovan Mitchell, guys like Mike Conley. I think that those are key elements that you have to pay attention to. And then when you look down at their depth chart, I'm looking at guys like Jordan Clarkson, like that's the sixth man of the year. I was just about to say, give that man his flowers. That's, that's big the sixth six man, man of the year. year. Absolutely. When I, when I look at Badanovich, who's averaging about 15 points a game. Those are key points that you have to pay attention to. And those are going to be key elements in the game that when you look down the stretch and Rudy Gobert isn't the guy that you're going to or Donovan Mitchell isn't the guy you go to. It's going to be guys like Jordan Clarkson or guys like Badanovich. And you still at times have to put respect on Mike Conley's name as well. Now for the Phoenix Suns, you said it, you hit it on the mark. Leadership, Chris Paul. I think having him there has really been able to help guys like DeAndre Ayton really step his game up and really play like a big fella. He's been doing it crazy on the boards as well with 11 rebounds a game. And then Devin Booker, like you can't, come on now, all-star. Should be an all-star every year. Not not an all-star that's getting in because somebody got hurt. Not an all-star because someone chose not to participate. He is a straight-up all-star based on his game, the way that he can score. I've always said he is Clay Thompson times two, the way that he can handle the ball, the way that he can get to the basket, the way that he can create, and the way that he can knock down the three-point shot. So having those key elements, having someone that's a true point guard that can facilitate the ball, that can open up the floor, having a big fella down low that can score and rebound, and then having someone as great as Devin Booker that can get to the basket and make his shots and create them and take them when he wants, Phoenix is a team you got to pay attention to. It's the reason they too, man. They hungry. Yeah, I I really like what Phoenix is doing because it's different when you have a certain amount of pressure on you. They needed that glue, which is why I say Chris Paul is very pivotal and important because he gives Devin Booker the space to do what he needs to. He's not exhausted now when trying to get too many rebounds or trying to get too many assists. Chris Paul is the floor facilitator. He's going to put Devin Booker in his spot and Devin Booker is going to cook. He's going to make DeAndre Ayton better, which he's done a lot of this year. And when you look at how they've slid from, like I said earlier, from the ninth spot to the second seed, I think we really do have to give Chris Paul his flowers, you know? And I've even heard some whispers say that he should even be in the MVP conversation as well, too. Don't get ahead of y'all. That's it. That, <laughs> like I said, they've been whispers. But I just want to tip my hat to Chris Paul because I will admit that without him, I don't think that Phoenix is in the position that they're in right now. Now, when we look at Miami Heat adding Victor Oladipo, somebody near and dear to you had a very hot take sometime last week saying that they're taking the Miami Heat to come out of the East right now. We're looking at Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, and the gang. Does Victor Oladipo, in your opinion, really, really put them over the hump? Not to mention, at 20 points per game, five rebounds, four assists per game. What I will say for Victor Oladipo, though, after going to OKC, going to Houston, being in Indiana, going to Orlando, I think at this point in time in his career, I think he needs to find a home. Because after being in the league for seven years, that's a decent amount of time to jump around. 
But the Miami Heat actually could be a good place where they can build. And I think pairing up with somebody like Jimmy Butler, they both have a chip on their shoulder. They both have to prove to the basketball world that they're supposed to be in this room. And I think that he's a good piece that actually could get them deep in the Eastern Conference. Well, when you mention guys like Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo, I think the term that I will use is they're players that get it out the mud. Mm, they didn't dope. come in. They they didn't like a player like Jimmy Butler. He he was at Marquette, but coming out of college or going into college, he wasn't highly recruited. Victor Oladipo, he was nice. He did his thing at Indiana, but coming into the league, you didn't think that he was going to be a superstar transition the way that he has. So I think now adding him to a team like Miami, I think is going to push, and I think that's going to allow him to add on to key pieces. Like when you see Goran Dragic having his slow nights, Victor Oladipo will be able to pick up slack like that. When you see guys like Duncan Robinson not being able to be consistent, I think that'll be a role Victor Oladipo will be able to fill. So I think that he'll definitely catapult this team. But when you're still looking at the Brooklyn Nets, when you're still looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, which I hope are able to prevail and not bunk this year, I think you still have to kind of wiggle your fingers a little bit like this may happen, it may not. And I think it's a good piece, but I don't think it's going to get them over the hump when you're talking about going up against a team like Brooklyn in no way, shape, or form. But I think last year, a lot of people said the same thing about Miami. No one thought that they would be in that position. So I'm not looking to underestimate them, but I'm also looking to be realistic and understand that Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Adam Lamar. What you going to do with that? What the hell is you going to do up against that? So I got all Great respect question. for Bad Adebayo. He's averaging 19 and nine boards. Love what I'm seeing out of him. Certainly at all-star level play, Jimmy Butler around 21 points. All those numbers look nice, but I don't, I'm just not, not enough. on the team. I'm no, not so yet. I need, I need more from Tyler Hero. I need mm, more consistency. from Duncan Robinson. I need, I need more from Chris Nunn. You know mm. what I mean? I need Precious. Let's not sleep. Don't sleep. Is still in Miami he was a too. high draft pick too. Exactly. Talk about it. I need more from him also. Yes, so sir. Victor Oladipo, great addition. May actually be somewhere he finds a home, mm-hmm. but not going to win them a championship. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Aaron Gordon goes to the Denver Nuggets now. Is that a problem, really, for Utah now? Because when we look at Jamal Murray, we look at Malik Beasley, we look at the Joker, which some are whispering as well. They're saying he's the front runner now for the MVP. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ain't no whispers with that. Chris no Paul, whispering? Chris Paul got whispered. <laughs> but Joker's not a whisper. He's not. He's, he's the, the real he, deal. Joker's the real on, deal. Joker's just on the intercom right now. Oh, like, no, that's it, a fact. Okay, so put some respect on this name. No you know what it is, though? I, for some reason, it's it's a little hard for me to give it to Jokic because it's not that he's not a talented player, but it's just something about him. He doesn't have that grit and that toughness to him, but he has a smooth game. But it's something about him where I kind of just he's an elite talent, but I don't know. I don't fully give it to him as MVP for me. I'm either looking at Braun, James Harden, and Dame. That's and I feel like you only pick those players because their game is more exciting than someone like Jokic. But it's it's so harder to at, it's so harder to look, look at look that when though. You look at Jokic's game on top of the position over the last two three years that he's been able to put his team cooking, in, cooking. Got to acknowledge that. I, that's true. Points. He's leading his team in them to every category except for block shots, which is kind of contradictory because he's a seven footer yeah. <laughs> too. But twenty seven points, eleven rebounds, eight assists, and almost two steals a game. He's getting more steals than guards. That's flawless. 
You know what I mean? So you have to acknowledge that as a big fella in the way that he can also stretch, stretch the floor, shoot from the perimeter. And I promise you, I promise you, in my opinion, Jokic is one of the best big men when it comes to being able to facilitate. Ooh, pass game is on point. Period. Over the head, behind the back. His IQ, like you just said, is, is A1. I would say that he took the place for Kevin Love. Kevin Love used to have that place. You know, Kevin Love had that over-the-head pass that he would do to LeBron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you. <clears throat> but I'm looking, even though they added Aaron Gordon, and I think that's going to be a, a good addition, I'm looking to see his game blossom a little bit more. We know how great of a dunker he can be, but I'm looking at him being able to be more confident in his shot and get into the basket. Looking at his frame, obviously he's not as big as someone like Zion, but I feel like he should kind of be getting to the basket and kind of finishing at times like Zion, and I feel like he kind of shies away from that a lot. So for me, I'm looking at Michael Porter Jr. Oh, that's gonna be he's my an key X factor. Michael Porter Jr. That's my X factor for oh yeah, one hundred for the Denver Nuggets. He's averaging about 16 points right now, getting about seven boards. So for me, if if that player, Michael Porter, can keep playing at that level and then moving into the playoffs and still mm-hmm. having that energy and effort on top of having Murray who needs to really stay really consistent stay consistent yes sir he has his moments but but with a team like Denver especially playing in the Western Conference he you can't need the moments every night yeah he can't slack you need the moments Utah's on your heels Phoenix is on your heels he can't every time he can't every time yeah touching a little bit more on that when we're looking at the Denver Nuggets if Michael Porter can continue to be that X factor, which one of the greatest moments he had last year in the bubbles when he dunked on Montrezl Harrell. I love that. If he can really stay consistent, maybe that'll put the battery in the back for Aaron Gordon, because this is a big opportunity for him now when we push the conversation forward, being in Orlando, not really making the playoffs, uh, getting a lot of excitement and being in the dunk contest. But this is a moment for him to really push his career forward. Right. He says that he's one of the big men on campus and him being alongside the Joker will give them that extra edge if he can be that for them. So we, when we look at the nucleus of their defense, Michael Porter Jr., the Jokic and Aaron Gordon, that could be a lot to deal with. So when we look at the Basketball Hall of Fame and some new candidates that will be possibly getting into the Hall of Fame. We have Chris Webber, Chris Bosh, Tim Hardaway, Paul Pierce, Bill Russell as a coach. I think we need to put a little bit of respect on Chris Webber's name, man. Not just any Chris Webber. We talking Chris Webber from Sacramento days. Vladi Divac, Bobby Jackson, Mike Bibby. That's when the Western Conference was gritty. Like, I mean... They were just so tough, and those are one of the best matchups to watch within the Sacramento Kings and the Lakers because the Lakers kept the Lakers and the Spurs kept the Sacramento Kings from getting so far into the playoffs for so many years. But huge shout out to Chris Webber, giving him his flowers. He averaged 20 points on his career, nine rebounds, and not to mention high draft pick coming into the league as well, and was a huge, huge great over at uh, University of Michigan as well, too. You know, this one, you know, Seawell's like family. So I, I've watched and kind of learned about his game way beyond the NBA, watching what he was doing at Country Day, the way that he dominated in high school, came out as the number one recruit, 
watching him transition over to college, playing with the five, five representing with my uncle doing their thing. And then watching him transition to the league. I remember his first year in golden state behind the back, going up, dunking on Ooh, Charles that Barkley, was nasty. dunking on Charles Barkley. And I knew right then and there, like he's going to be he's a real. In the he's real. And then, like you said, playing in Sacramento, the way that they played the style of game that they had, like watching the way that Sacramento played, to me, almost mirrored some of the style that we saw them play at Michigan. Mm-hmm. When you had someone like Mike Bibby being able to play the way that he played, control the place, control the pace, facilitate. They had Jay Will. They had C. Webb dominating Ooh, I the post. about Jay Will. White you chocolate. Know what I mean? So I, I definitely knew that, you know, C. Webb was going to be a problem and him being a five-time All-Star, actually winning the Rookie of the Year. I think that is without a doubt or, uh, should be acknowledged and should be respected that he is a Hall of Fame candidate and should be in the Hall of Fame. And not to mention what he's doing now, the way that he's dominating over in the media and doing this thing with TNT. So the much up respect for me, and I definitely think C-Webb should be in there. But I want to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge someone who I watched bring my city a championship. And that's Ben Wallace. That's Ben Wallace. That's Ben Wallace. HBCU grad. You know what I mean? Like a four four time. Let me say it four time defensive player of the year. It wasn't just about points back then for the young fellas, if y'all didn't know. It wasn't wasn't just about how many points Uh you average as a point to actually be considered a great player. So the way that he was able to, you know, dominate the game on the defensive end, the leadership that he brought to that Pistons team in that 2003-2004-1 when they won the championship, I think that without a question, he deserves to be in the conversation for being a Hall of Fame. And I definitely want to commend the effort and, and what he did for the city of Detroit and the way that he changed the culture. That team was one of the few teams ever very slept to have players who weren't all-star caliber at the time and really hit. take a team like the Detroit Pistons and winning championships. And you had Chauncey, you had Rip, you had Tayshaun, you had Rasheed. But the anchor to that team was Ben Wallace. Everybody was fearing the fro in 03, 04. So put some respect on Ben Wallace's name, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him in the Hall of Fame. That's a fact. Huge shout-out to, to Ben Wallace. And we also got to give our flowers to Paul Pierce, 10-time All-Star, 2008 NBA champion, four-time All-NBA, and 2007-08 Finals MVP. He's exactly that. He's the truth. And one of the big reasons why LeBron went to Miami because of all of the battles that Boston had had against Cleveland for so many years to come. And I just really loved what Paul Pierce resembled because he chose to stay with Boston through the slums, like through the struggle when Boston was really trying to get out the mud, as you just said. And Paul Pierce is doing his thing within the media as well, too. You know, he shows a little bit of hate on LeBron every now and then, but he, he loves to double down on that because that's all just from a, a competitive edge. And um, I, I respect his game to the fullest because he made me a Boston Celtics fan, to be 100% honest oh, with you. you go. I'm just saying, my dad told me that I could ride with Iverson, but he said, son, it's time for you to pick a team. And I'll be honest, once the big ticket and Ray Allen went to lock up with the truth, I've been committed ever since. Shout oh, so out to the truth. It took, it took for them to be a superstar team for you to commit. That's fine, bro. That's how you rock. We, we're not going to miss the point. We're not going to miss <laughs> the point. That's fine. I'm with them now and they're terrible. So I'm just saying. Most definitely deserves to be in conversation. Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. We could take it back to the way he was dominating in high school. 
Let's not mm. forget Mr. Basketball, McDonald's All American at Kansas, the Jayhawks. Trust he was me, at Kansas, unanimous so. first team All American in 1998. Like, and then transition over to the NBA with Boston, the way that he dominated and the way that his style of play was. Because Paul Pierce to me, he wasn't the, the fastest, he didn't have the greatest handles, but he had size and he knew how to utilize his body and don't sleep. Paul Pierce take flight well, on throw it on quick. your head too. It take flight on you yeah. real quick. And you saw those days, you saw a lot of those plays happening kind of later in his career too. In the like, playoffs, yeah. He's still getting it. So I think what he did for the game at the high school level, college level, the way that he was able to grow and develop and really be a leader and a champion in the NBA, without a doubt, I think Paul Pierce deserves to be in there. And like you said, he's dominating, he's doing his thing in the media. You know, he got a little haterism at times. It's cool. We'll let him pass with that. But all in all, Paul Pierce, a great dude and definitely a Hall of Famer. And last but not least, we got to give our flowers to a big man in the game that a lot of people like to call soft, but he was still very dominant, especially in Toronto in terms of Chris Bosh. Great guy, solid player, ended with 19 points, eight rebounds, two assists. And you can look at Chris Bosh and really say that he brought basketball back after Vince Carter left. You know, he did great, got a lot of all-star, you know, recognitions as well, too. And when we look at Chris Bosh, I think a lot of what he did in Miami was underappreciated because he was okay with taking that back, not even a backseat, but taking that role where he did the dirty work. And we're not going to sleep in front like that. Mid-range wasn't water. That <laughs> that that left hit mid-range, huge shout-out to him. And it's, it's, it's sad that he had to retire, you know, because him having blood clots on his lungs. But definitely well-respected, a juggernaut in this game. And I, I'll be one of the ones to say it. I don't think Miami gets the rings that they got without Chris Bosh. So put respect on that man's name. When you take it all the way back to Lincoln High, State champion, 40 and 0. Ooh. High school, went to college, Georgia Tech, ACC, rookie of the year in 2003. Gets drafted by Toronto, dog, leader, one of the best mid range shots that we saw. And then going over, leaving Toronto, making a sacrifice to play with Miami, a guy that we knew could get you 20 to 25. It could be a good individual player playing on a team by itself, but understood they fit. In a beneficial situation playing alongside D Wade and LeBron James. So like you said, that has to be commended. And I don't think it happens without him. And that goes by a little bit without being acknowledged. You have to acknowledge that. I don't think those two championships happen without Chris Bosh. So one of the best power forwards to ever play the game. When you talk about guys like Dirt and the Whiskey, when you talk about guys like Tim Duncan, to me, Chris Bosh is right there in that same conversation, 11 time all-star. And a two-time NBA champion with the Heat, without question, deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Huge shout-out to those candidates, man, and we're waiting to see how that's going to play out. NCAA March Madness has been exactly that. Illinois is at the crib because of Loyola. I'm sick. Syracuse is at home because of Houston. I'm not sick. Who? Oh, Michigan's still in the building, though, right, T-Rose? Look at me, look at look at me being a bandwagoner like I don't go like I didn't go to Michigan State, but I'm going for, I'm for it. No, 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 no. Stop right, right there. Stop me? right there. I want to expose you for a moment. And let's talk about how you're Try being to. a bandwagon. Try to. No, let's Try talk about to. it. 
So that's what you do. You just jump from Michigan team to Michigan team. If we're gonna be honest, if we're gonna be very honest and transparent, don't do it. Don't do we're it. Gonna be, hold on, hold on, hold on. We can break. We, hold on. Oh, you know me. And actually, I look, I'm actually gonna make this a clip. I'm gonna make this a clip so they can see the shirt first and foremost. And then I'm gonna. Uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 but, <laughs> oh my God. This man talking about bandwagon. Boy, I've been I've been rooting for Michigan, man, since I before I even knew I was supposed to. You gotta think they were doing their thing 91, 92, 93. I was born 96, so I was born into loving this team because of that that bald head man at the flow named Jinx. You feel me? Like, so I was born into that. And then as you get older, you you take your own path. And my path just wasn't for the maize and blue. It was for the, the green and white. But I still show love and I still bandwagon show- sound good. But it's not a bandwagon. Go That's ahead. just choosing your own path, but Go you ahead. still got love. Who's your path, brother? Go hey, ahead. I'm Who's on it. Path? I'm on it. Michigan State will be back too. And you saw the transfer that we just got. Boy, you better stop playing. Oh, you you mad. <laughs> hey, you about to give me you better give me tight, son. <laughs> That's right. Talk your shit. But when I when I look at the Michigan Florida State game that's gonna be on CBS, great matchup, but I think Michigan still holds the dominance when you look at the way that Hunter Dickinson's been able to be the way he's been able to play and dominate throughout the tournament, not just offensively, but defensively in their last victory. He definitely played a big part on the defensive end. I'm gonna need guys like Mike Smith, the point guard, play under control. He's a great facilitator. But I feel like a lot of times towards the end of the game, he tends to shy away from moments or make ill-advised decisions. And you're going to need guys like him, Eli Brooks, Wagner. You're going to need those going to be key elements for your offense, especially missing your senior, Isaiah Livers, who took on so much of the scoring load. I think you're going to have to pay attention to those key elements. But Michigan's favorite in this game, and I have one favorite to push through and beat Florida State. I got 71-63 Michigan. Mm. Tough, tough, tough. Like 7163 Michigan. Yeah, I just want to give a few flowers to Javon Quinley over at Alabama. They've they have a great situation over there. They've built so much throughout this entire year, especially how he's transferred over to Villanova. I think he definitely deserves his flower because he's he's the nucleus of that offense. He comes in with the chip on his shoulder. That's a Jersey native. And you can just see for all the young kids out there what grit and hunger when you're in the right system and situation, what you can do for a program. I think the next game with the University of Houston and Oregon State is going to be tough as well. I'm going to take Houston in that one to get Oregon State. That's going to be a gritty game. And when we also look at Gonzaga, I'm staying 10 toes down on that. I don't believe that an undefeated team is going to win the entire the entire tournament. I just have to double down on that because I don't even remember the last time in history that that's actually happened. Now, is Gonzaga a great team? Yes, I do believe so. But that's just not how NCAA <laughs> March Madness works. But um, they're playing great ball right now. And um, yeah, man, uh, we're going to see how that pans out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Gonzaga and Creighton game. Obviously, Gonzaga, they without a doubt proven that they're real undefeated to this point so I do you just you have to sometimes I'm like I'm the type of person the proof is in the pudding and if they've shown me that they can be a team that can win and continue to push they, they've made me believers now if they lose I feel like a team like Gonzaga they that's on self-inflicted whether it be a bad shooting night playing bad on the defensive end I think that they they'll be their own worst enemies to not put themselves in position to be in the championship and to ultimately win so me personally, I had Gonzaga facing off Illinois. Obviously, Illinois have strongly upset and disappointed us. But I think Gonzaga is still going to be able to make that run to the championship. 
And if they win, that'll be too determined. But I think that's all based on their energy and effort, not based on any team that they go up against. See, Rose, not to put pressure on you, but to put pressure on you. Can you pick somebody to win the entire thing at this moment? Michigan. Do you not, bro, do you like, well, you think I just get on here and just want to talk to you sometime? I, I wore, I wear these like items. We didn't sometimes. even know that you was going to wear that today. I wear these items sometimes called clothing for a reason. And this is, what does this say on my shirt? What does it say? It says basketball. What does it say? It says Michigan basketball. <laughs> That's who I have winning. So I, I didn't know I needed to like say it 50 times when I'm giving you the blueprint. You see the background. Like, what else, right. what else do you want from me? Robert? All right, Michigan. Just don't don't switch gears if they happen to lose. And I'm, I'm rooting for Michigan, too. Jawan Howard is doing his thing. Shout out, coach. Not that not to mention that man didn't even recruit those players. So what 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 does that allude to? Say it with me. Coaching. Great coaching. Number one class coming in next year, too. Don't sleep. And we win in this one for Jeannie Rose. Oh, talk about it. We win in this one for Jeannie Rose, coach. Big respect to Coach Jawan Howard, who took the time out of his busy life and schedule, mm-hmm. coaching the number one team in the country to take time out of his day to be at my grandmother's funeral. Mm. Most respect to Jawan Howard and most definitely got Michigan winning it all this year. It's the NBA Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Y'all stay in tune because we coming stay different. Stay in tune. I'm about to Harlem shake out of here. I'm out of here. Look. Mm. <laughs> we out of here. Y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.